Thanks for tuning in to Strap on Your Boots. I'm your host, Jason Sherman. I'm a successful entrepreneur, award-winning filmmaker, and a guest lecturer at top universities along with Udemy for my course, Startup Essentials. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about the beta launch and why it's important for any startup to have a beta launch for your app or your platform. These are some of the main reasons. Uh, Fixing bugs is very important. So assuming that you have a platform that's for a mobile app or for a website, um, it could be a product. It could be a physical product that you built, uh, a new gadget of some sort. You need people to start using it more than just an MVP because an MVP, of course, is very minimal, whereas a beta launch has all of the features of the MVP plus all the feedback you got from people, which I will uh, talk about in a moment. You can smooth out those features once you figure out what people actually want and you now have a good list of features people want. Well, now is a good chance for you to test the waters on what you did in your MVP, which also lets you market the product because you are pushing it out there to the public, maybe not in a big way. It's a small way still, but you are still getting some marketing feelers out there to see what works and what doesn't before you spend real ad dollars. Uh, this allows you to further validate your product, see what people like outside of your MVP circle. Uh, do people like the UI and the UX? Do people like the features that you have? This uh, this is a, the moment where you can validate all of that, which is where you gain value because the more people that like your product and the more you fix your product and the more that you smooth things out and the more you build and the more you're out there, the easier it will be to raise funding and everybody wants to raise money for their startup. So by doing a beta launch, it is basically helping you get to the point where you can raise funding. So we'll go into why the MVP is very important in a beta launch. The MVP, as you know, is a minimum viable product. This is where you figure out your core value proposition. The core value proposition is where you know the exact thing that people like in your platform that is useful. So for example, Instagram, it's good that you can direct message people. It's good that you can do a boomerang. It's good that you can post things in your story. But that is not the core value proposition of Instagram. Its initial core value proposition was posting a picture. That was it. So everything built around that is features on top of the core value. So your core value is very important to figure out early on. This is assuming that you did that. Now, by building a landing page to get test user email addresses, that's how you can find out if people actually want your core value or your MVP, your platform, or your gadget. Uh, if you have people that are signing up their emails on your landing page, well, great. You, that means that now you can get feedback from those people by giving them a survey, right? And the survey should have basic questions. Um, the ones that I usually like to do are, uh, you know, their email address, of course, their age range, their gender, and then what features in your platform would they want to use and give them multiple choice so they can choose multiple, as well as how much they're willing to pay for those features. Those are the two most important questions. What features do people want and how much are they willing to pay for those features? If you can do those two, then you can analyze the results and by analyzing the data, that helps you understand what people actually want out of your beta. 
And this, of course, helps with the UI UX, your user interface and your user experience. You know, how does your app work? What does it look like? When you push this button, what does it do? Do people like the colors? Do people like the fonts? It has to do with everything that people will see and touch and use in your app or your platform or your gadget, right? That's where you perfect it is the MVP stage. But going into the beta, you can now further do that. Once you have your beta launch and now people are using it and you have your feedback and everything's good to go, it's time to write a press release because now you're getting ready for the public. Press releases are tricky. A lot of people don't really know exactly how to write a press release. I've read a lot of these things from people where they just talk about their, you know, they talk about their app in a very kind of personal way. And that's just not how you do it. It's got to be very newsworthy and fact driven. Um, I always say to include industry specific things. Um, your value proposition is important. So, uh, you know, if you are a, uh, if you're a platform that helps people connect their dogs at dog parks, well, that's the value. It's connecting dogs. So you want to include that exact thing. Um, you don't want to get too specific because then it's no longer fact driven. Now you're starting to like get into your vision and your, your values and your opinions and things like that. Keep it fact driven. Definitely include keywords and milestones and then research journalists you like because those people are the ones that are going to eventually, hopefully, write an article about your platform. So research the journalists and then add quotes and testimonials from people that liked your platform or your product and include them in your press release because that adds kind of a, that personal touch I was talking about, but in a different way. Now it's not about you as much as it is these people that really like your product. And yes, you can include a quote from yourself as the CEO or maybe one of your team members and why you're building this, what problem you're solving. That's very important is what is the problem that you're solving? Why do people want to see this product? Why do people want to use it? Why do journalists want to write articles about it? Okay. So really kind of drive that home in a fact-driven way. Obviously, the launch date and the important information that goes along with that launch date, you need to put in there. What's the date? What's the platform? You know, where is it going to be sold? Where is it available? That kind of thing. Is there a special con contest uh, for people that sign up for the first 100 people or whatnot? And then, of course, with the press release, you want to prepare a Q&A. The Q&A is basically the answers to the questions that you're going to be receiving from the press. They're going to ask you lots of different questions. And once you go through your first interview, you'll know what those are. If you have a team, you guys all want to have those answers written out in a Google Doc, share it with each other, and practice those answers so that you're all on the same page and your answers are consistent. That's the important thing. A lot of times I found with in the past with journalists, they will write whatever you say. And if it's wrong or you didn't mean to say it, too bad. They won't change it. I've never found a journalist to retract something that I said by accident. And that looks bad. So I always say, write everything out into a Google Doc. Make sure your team is all on the same page. Practice those answers. And that way, you'll have everything ready to go and you won't stumble. The next piece that you have to start preparing for are blog posts. Because Press releases will get you out to the press, but the blog posts will get you out to potential users uh, or, or customers of your product. So the first thing I want to emphasize here is to never write about your company. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many startups I see in their first or second blog posts. It just says their company name 
every other sentence. Like we do this and we do that. And that's why we do this. And that's why we do that. We, 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 you know, it's almost like they're French. We, we, we stop doing it. Do not do that. Never write about your company. That is not what a blog post is about. A blog post is to write about the industry that you're in and that you're an expert in that industry and that you have knowledge to give to people about your industry. And that's why they want to use your products, right? That's the trick. So research everything you're writing about. That means if you're writing about food and you have a food startup, make sure you talk about nutrition and health and benefits and all the different things about your industry that you know because it works for you and it works in your company. They're going to use your product because your blog is list is hosted on your website. So they're going to see what your company is. You don't have to tell them to, well, that's why you should use Nutrition Quest or whatever, you know? No. They read your article and say, oh, that was great. That really helped me in my life and my health got better and my I lost weight and this is great. I'm going to download their app. That's how you do it, okay? Mention other articles from journalists you like because, again, you research those journalists that write articles in your industry. So now if you link to those articles in your blog – you, by using keywords, obviously, and you want to use a tasteful amount of keywords, not too many, but you want to write at least maybe one or two keywords per paragraph or maybe three keywords. And in those keywords, in a couple of words, you can link to an article of a journalist that you really like that writes articles in your industry. And then you can mention them later on on Twitter, you know, hey, so-and-so journalist, I really enjoyed your article about this and I included a link to it in my blog. And then you might get a conversation or two out of it. Remember, when you contact journalists, you never want to pitch them your idea or ask them to write about you. You just want to form a relationship. Okay, that's it. You just start a conversation, form a relationship. Let them ask you if they want an interview. Don't tell them you want an interview. Just say, I, I, I linked you in my blog. I really liked what you wrote about this product. And I really like what you do. Just start a conversation. Give them a compliment. That's it. Nothing else. Of course, you want to make it fun by adding a couple of fun or relevant images or even a video. Uh, that's always the way to do it because, you know, blogs are very boring in a sense because they're just writing. So you want to try to make it fun as well in your blog post, try to make it fun, make people laugh. And by adding imagery, they have a visual representation of what you're trying to say to them. Okay. And to make it SEO friendly, I always say keep it around 500 words. It can be less. It can be 300 words, but 500 words is usually a good number. Um, Google does not like to, they're ro they have robots that scrape, you know, meta HTML and, and websites and things like that. They don't really like static content. So a website that never changes and it's just very static, they don't really put those in the top of the search results unless you pay a lot of money for SEO. If you don't, putting up regular blog posts with really good SEO content is going to get you up because Google actually prefers dynamic websites, things that constantly change and things that are constantly updated new content because people are always searching for content. So they want new stuff. So now that you have your blog post written up, you have your beta launch ready to go. You have your survey results. You have your press release. What do you do with all this stuff? Obviously you post it on social media. You have lots of different places to post it. Facebook has a lot of fan pages and groups. Obviously there's Twitter and Pinterest. Reddit is a great place to start conversations. And I need to, I need to stress this. Reddit is not a place to promote your stuff. Stop promoting your stuff. No one's going to look at it. Reddit is a place to have conversations with people. It's a place to have your opinion 
heard by people. It's a place to help people with their issues or their problems. Or I, I help people all the time on Reddit, but I don't say, Hey, check out my, my website. No, I don't do that. They, they, you know, after a while, people get to know you on there. And eventually, if someone says, I wish I had a product that does this, you know, why hasn't someone built this yet? And that's when you can say, actually, I did. And here it is. What they'll do is they'll check your name. They'll check your past post history. They'll see that you've never promoted your product. They'll see that instead you've been helping people for God knows how long. And then they'll say, oh, this guy's not promoting himself and he actually has a good product. I'll try it out. That's how you use Reddit. You don't use it to promote yourself. There's a lot of places to promote yourself. You have YouTube to make videos. You have Hacker News, which is made by Y Combinator, very old school, um, kind of a message board, which here you see blogs, forums, and message boards. Use all the old school methods. Blogs and forums and message boards are very important because, again, Google scrapes all that stuff. It's all dynamic contents, constantly changing. So more comments you post, the better. Remember, just like Reddit, on the blogs and forums and message boards, don't advertise yourself. Just the, the, the trick is to put your your product, your platform, your website, whatever it is, as your signature at the bottom of your comments. So leave your comment, and then it automatically puts your signature at the end with your website. That's People can see it. They'll click on it if they want to. And I mentioned the Q&A. This is the who, what, where, when, why, how. You want to prepare this in a Google document. Um, you know, who's in your company? You know, what was the reason you started it? Where are you based out of? You know, where will you see yourself in five years? Why did you build this product? You know, what's, what's so important about it? Why do people want to use your product? Um, you know, how did you get to where you are? How difficult was it? What challenges did you face? You know, these are the kinds of questions press are going to ask you. They're going to ask you, uh, what is your age range in your platform? Who's your demographic? Um, what gender? What uh, percentage of people are using the platform or the gadget? What are your daily active users, your monthly active users? What's the revenue in your in your platform or your gadgets? They want to know all these and more. So the best thing to do is, again, to prepare it in a Q&A document with all of these, and that way you'll be ready. There's a couple of resources that I like to give out. Um, Betalist.com is one of them. It's a place where you can submit your startup for feedback. Gus.com is a great place to post all of your documentation, you name it. Uh, your, your, your pitch deck, your executive summary, your financials, your company information, and investors might request you to pitch to them as a, a company. Same goes with um, AngelCo, which is AngelList, and F6S.com. These are all great places to post your startup, connect with other entrepreneurs, connect with investors, post all of your information, post all of your documentation. The more you post it on, the better. There's also Crunchbase, and there's a lot of other ones. So the more places you post your your beta company, your your startup, your platform, your gadget, the more likely you are to get the eyes of investors. Now, I have to close this with one very important thing. Why you actually need to launch a beta. I've worked with many startups in my 20 years doing this. And the companies who refused to launch a beta ended up doing two things. Actually, three, but really two. Spending a lot of money and spending a lot of time before figuring out what worked. And I guess the third kind of thing there is that they usually would fail because of that. So the beta launch is meant to figure out the things that a large audience would, would tell you on a smaller scale. 
if the MVP was for like a hundred to a thousand people, the beta launch is meant for 5,000, 10,000 people, let's say. What you're going to find is the bugs that you were able to fix in your MVP don't apply to your beta. Now you're going to have a larger scale of people, maybe even 50,000 people, and you're going to find a new set of bugs. A lot of entrepreneurs say, well, why, could, why didn't you find these bugs beforehand? Well, you can't predict what's going to happen. You can't predict what's going to break. It's just like a house or a car. You're driving down the road and all of a sudden it breaks down. Well, why didn't I know the alternator was going to break? Or why didn't I know I was going to get a flat tire? Because you, you can't predict these things. I can't predict when a water pipe is going to burst in my house. Or I can't predict when the toilet's going to stop working. Or I'm, I can't predict when the refrigerator is going to stop running. So it's the same exact thing with a platform or a product. You cannot predict what is going to break and when. That is what an MVP and the beta launch is for. It's for you to figure out all these broken pieces before a large audience starts using it. And any entrepreneur who says that it's a bad idea to launch an MVP or a, or launch a beta has no idea what they're talking about. They're going to be in for a long road of mistakes, uh, lost money and time. That's why I always emphasize the MVP and the beta launch. Launch faster. Get it out to the public faster. Don't be afraid of your idea being out there. It does not have to be perfect. Every single icon and, and button and text and color doesn't have to be perfect. I have these entrepreneurs I've worked with who they don't want to release an app because the icons don't look perfect and the color isn't perfect and the text doesn't look perfect. And there are a couple little bugs that they're not happy with. And, you know, the chat bubble's the wrong color. And I'm like, guys, you know, you, or girls, you got to get this app out there to see if people even like it in the first place, not just 20, 50, 100 people, but 5,000, 10,000 people. And you need to start figuring out if there's bugs because if, if you don't start getting it out there and you just launch it to the public all of a sudden and you're going to be crashing with a bunch of bugs, you could have figured that out beforehand with a beta launch. So there's a lot of reasons why, but these are the main ones. Hopefully this helps you and always launch your beta. Reach out to me if you have any questions, if I can help at all. I hope you learned something from this episode and I'll see you on the next one. I hope you learned something in today's episode. If you did, please share it with your friends. If you have a business idea you'd like to pitch to me, you can do so on my website, jasonsherman.org. Don't forget to pick up a copy of my book, also called Strap on Your Boots, available on Amazon and anywhere books are sold. And if you want to dive even deeper into the world of entrepreneurship, I suggest you sign up for my course called Startup Essentials on Udemy.com. I really do appreciate your support if you decide to donate via PayPal, and I hope you tune in to my next episode.